Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We had the World Cup last night, the World Cup final. Spain getting up over England 1-0, and somebody I know who was all over that is former Football Ferns goalkeeper Jenny Binden. She joins us now. Morning, Jenny. How are you? Good morning, Ricardo. I'm doing great, thank you. You got the coffees in, mate, because you won't have had a hell of a lot of sleep, I'm picking. No, no. We, I, it was on at a great time. It was on about uh, 11 o'clock here. Uh, and then, yeah, it's, it's the evening now. I'm in uh, London, so, yeah, it's all... A great time. There was uh, huge support for England. I think I uh, really wanted to see England come out on top, but Spain was just too good for them today. Yeah, they, they were fantastic, the Spanish. And, the, and the, we were talking about this earlier, Jenny, because it, it, something you don't see often, there's obviously a disconnect between the Spanish squad and the coach. So they were playing for each other and maybe the 12 players that got left at home. But it's not often you can see a team with that sort of disconnect going on behind the scenes continue to excel at a tournament like this with the world's best. Yeah, well, I think, you know, Spain was one of those teams. I think you, the, the reggae girls with the Jamaica team was also going through a lot, Canada. So I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, that was kind of the thing that came out of this World Cup is there was a lot of in-house fighting amongst uh, i guess not fighting but trying rights to try to get uh, equal pay and and to fund this event for the women to get across to uh, to, to australia and new zealand and to play in it and spain spain was one of those teams but they've come out on top i mean it's an absolute um, triumph over over they did do it for themselves for the girls and i mean i'm not sure if you're fully aware of what's going on in and outs of spain but it's a it's going to be a fascinating story to watch in the next coming weeks Hey, Jenny, what about the when you're talking about the fundraising and, you know, I read a story about Jamaica. They had a a, um, a sort of GoFundMe page to get themselves over here as well. What, what do you think this FIFA World Cup, especially with the amount of uh, tractions it's had through their media rights? I think in Australia, in the semi-final when Australia played England, there was something like 11.4 million people viewing the game. Does this does this change uh, the game financially for the for women's soccer? Yeah, I think it hugely changes. I'm not sure if you saw as well as Australia has, has said that they're going to spend 200 million. I think was the on women's sports. So it's changed it immensely. And I think some of these countries weren't aware how much this World Cup would impact women's sport and sport in general. I mean, um, I think that's one of the huge. Um, positives that came out of this is that people have woken up that this this is potentially and i don't know there was a report that came out of just i think in regards to this women's football is a billion dollar industry in the next 10 years so 
I think these federations in the past have done things how they've done them. And now they're realizing that they need to wake up. They need to really look at women's football as a, as a, you know, not, not a drainer of their funds, but it could potentially be an influx uh, of money and equaling that out. And I think there's, there's positives for that. I, I think, you know, I was fortunate enough to be over there. I was a team liaison officer for Korea and even what it's done for, for that country as well. I mean, it's, it's just positives and positive and positive coming out of that. And, but what we're going to see is it's going to highlight the things that have been going wrong within football. Um, and, and we're seeing that with the Ray girls, the Spain with the, the coaching and different backroom with the, the Federation. So all those things are going to come out, but I think it's really important too, to realize it's great to, that those will be highlighted, but we also need to look and see how we can actually keep promoting the game, growing the game and having that legacy going forward. I mean, there was a great story here on the um, BBC in regards to, you know, Kelly Smith and a few of the other greats who have played, you know, I don't know if many people are aware, but in the sixties, you weren't allowed to play women's football. I didn't realize that till I saw it on, on the news, but um, you know, mm. that they they were banned from playing and now, you know, they, they just finished second. And I think in the world and, and they're a, they're a powerhouse and, you know, they had a few different, you know, Spain and both England both had injuries. And then you had Lauren James out coming back in. And, you know, I think it was a, it was a really interesting game. I think it ended really positively within the display. And I think that was another really positive um, thing that you saw in this World Cup is that the, all the games were great. There weren't blowouts. I mean, the Kiwis kicking it off and, and you know, Hannah Wilkinson making that goal and getting that result was huge. And then the Matildas backed it up and it just kept building and building the momentum. And it was just an absolutely amazing event. Hats off to everyone involved in it. And um, yeah, I hope you guys are feeling it over there still. Yeah, well, it's broken all sorts of records when it comes to viewership, attendances, etc. I know the TAB uh, did pretty well out of it as well, certainly ahead of the curve <laughs> of where, where they projected that they would be, Jenny. But what about, I mean, you were in England, you've been in Australia, you've been in New Zealand, now you're in England, of course, uh, who were in the final. Did this tournament exceed your expectations in terms of the wider public and how it's been taken on board? Yeah, it did. It, it blew, blew me away. I mean, being in Australia for, for the majority of it and, and the, 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 you know, everyone getting behind the Matildas was absolutely fantastic. But they were behind everybody. I mean, I was with Korea and there wasn't a stadium that wasn't full. Um, you know, I think they had one sellout, but one, well, they were full. You know, and the, and to go into that atmosphere, I mean, I was fortunate enough to, to play for the Ferns and be at World Cups, but nothing compared to what this World Cup was and um, in regards to everything. So it was it was pretty amazing, uh, really huge. I think probably the only downfall would be it was really hard, I think, for some countries to actually watch just because it was the middle of the night, um, just being on the other side of the world. But um everyone still got behind it. I mean, people were aware of what was going on in here in England and, uh, you know, in America. Uh, and, and I think that those things are, are really positive. And I think another really highlighted things is we have another world champion. It wasn't, you know, I think America is amazing. They've always been a powerhouse, but to see Spain and England, two teams from the Euros playing European countries playing in this final um, the game is expanding and it's getting bigger and better and um, and it's becoming very, very global. And it, and it was so good to watch, Jenny, like um, down here, especially when our girls kicked off 
the tournament uh, and then all of a sudden got on a roll. They, Like you said, they got the win and the nation got behind them. We saw that happen with our Rugby World Cup and our ladies last year. But the question was raised after that tournament, like, what next? So, so how does soccer capitalise on this as opposed to just falling back into what they're used to with all this new global um, following? Well, I think it's really important to realise that the, the game's going to get bigger. There's going to be more opportunities, and New Zealand needs to be in those opportunities. We're going to see it with the men. Um, their whole qualifying is going to change, so New Zealand football is really going to need to step up, create more opportunities outside of you know getting our international, but even thinking about the legacy of, of what we do in grassroots. And I think it's across the entire board with women's sports, boys, men, girls, everyone, um, you know, playing and we're, we have better facilities, we have better coaching, we have better opportunities for them to, to get out. It's hard when you're in, you know, isolated in, in the South Pacific, but what, what this tournament did is open doors. I think, you know, I was contacted um, by the uh, couple people I know that play in the, that coach in the women's a-league and i hope i'm saying that right yep but they're wanting to get players from korea and and other places so just making those connections and i think it's about networking it's about creating opportunities and giving these girls and you know these young boys and men the opportunity to get out um, see the world and and progress and show that kiwis really can um, you know play on the world stage yeah, well, it's definitely seeing that. I, I see the, the Wellington Phoenix uh, women's team are now coached by Paul Temple, and they've announced their first three visa signings, and it's two young American players and a Venezuelan striker. So uh, they're going international with their with their visa spots, which is which is good to see and growing the game. Jenny, it felt like at this World Cup, you know, I, I was writing previews for people and looking at things, you know, and I was seeing teams like, for example, Morocco, who were ranked, I think, 75th in the world coming into this, and basically writing them off at the group stage because what we've seen at Women's World Cups previously is that the gap between the haves and the have-nots is quite big. Um, so, you know, I was expecting them, you, you touched on it, to be on the end of, you know, a couple of big big score lines. That didn't happen. Um, how much closer are the teams to each other now than they were previously? And did you see that coming at this World Cup? No, I mean, I was pretty sceptical too. I mean, I, mean, I you know, to for... For, there was Morocco. I mean, there was quite, you know, a Colombia doing as well as they did. Um, you know, there's there were other teams that even the Reye girls doing as well as they did. I mean, you can go, the list goes on and on of, of the competition in Nigeria. I mean, come on, this is absolutely fantastic. But I think the biggest thing is that FIFA really put an effort in. I mean, there was funding given to the, the federations to prepare for this tournament and to actually get friendlies in before they play to get make sure they had the proper gear like it was it was became a little bit more of a leveling field and i think that is something that i don't know if people have talked enough about but it's what happens within the men's game and now you're seeing it happen in the women's game and we can see from that potential dollars and funding put into it that there was a better product put on the pitch you know i think the weakness of goalkeepers has always been really one of the weaknesses, but goalkeepers were on, they were the highlight. Many of the goalkeepers were getting were. Play, player yeah. of the match. And it was, that's the growth of the game, you know, that mm. proper coaching is being given to that position. And um, yeah, I just think, I watch out. I think it's a beautiful, it's the beautiful game. It's the purest game. I mean, maybe this, this one was, the final had more downtime and people rolling around than, than many of the other games. And I think that's one thing I really enjoy about the women's game is that 
it seems really pure. You know, they only go down when there's a proper foul and they're not rolling around at every little touch. And, and well, you know, except the I Colombians, maybe. <laughs> yes, yes. Jenny, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, before, before we let you go, mate, uh, you know, you're in London, as you said, and obviously uh, the reason for that is uh, because your son, Tyler, uh, is doing very well for himself. Now, he came through, remind me, was it the LA FC or LA Galaxy? Uh, oh, LA, he was with LAFC. So yeah. he was with the LAFC Academy for about yeah. five years. Yeah. And then we, we shifted over here to London, and Tyler has... Um, He's at Reading FC and he's doing really well. So we're really happy for him. He's had three starts, three clean sheets, and may it continue. Yeah. He, now he plays centre back. How tall is he? Ty's about six four. Six four. Cause, yeah. Because yeah. uh, his dad played volleyball for New Zealand. You've played football for New Zealand. Um, so yeah. he's obviously got good genes. Um, <laughs> any chance we see him in a New Zealand shirt? I know he's got US ties as well. Yeah, I mean, that's a decision that, that Tyler will have to make in the next few months, maybe, or years. And, um, you know, he's he's that's something we're allowing him to make the decision for. I mean, it's uh, it's been pretty awesome. I, the uh, U19's coach was was out here and watched him play uh, yesterday. So U.S. is very interested. And I know that uh, New Zealand football has been in touch with him as well. So he's got some pretty tough decisions to make. So um, yeah, we'll see. We'll, 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 we'll follow whatever he chooses to do. So. Um, yeah, he's pretty pretty lucky. He's done really real over here, and you know he keeps he's he's a he's a Kiwi. He was born in New Zealand, so he always has a, a soft spot for New Zealand. So I think uh, we'll see. If it was up to mom and dad, definitely he'd be putting all that fern on his chest. So yeah. we'll see. <laughs> we'll have to see how that goes. He's eighteen though, so we don't get to tell him what to do anymore. <laughs> yes, you do. You you're his mum. You tell him for the rest of your life. <laughs> Uh, good stuff, Jenny. Hey, listen, thanks very much for your time, mate. Uh, go well, and uh, best of luck to Tyler uh, with his career at Reading as well. Uh, great, great to see him start so well, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon, eh? Uh, cheers, mate. You guys take care. All the best. Cheers. Thanks, yeah, thanks, thanks, Jenny. Indeed. Jenny Binden there with us. Yeah, I mean, Jenny's uh, fabulous story, Kempe. We should mm. get her on another time just to talk her story because, I mean, you know, she's obviously born in the States. Mary Grant, who played volleyball for New Zealand and, and then ended up qualifying to play for the Football Ferns, she went to two World Cups and two Olympic Games for New Zealand as, a, as the number one goalkeeper for the Football Ferns. But she worked uh, for Nike back in the States in marketing and used to attend like the Michael Jordan uh, the Michael Jordan training basketball camps that they put on and do all that sort of stuff. She's got so many yeah. great stories. Oh, yeah. No, no, we'll definitely get her on and talk about that. Um, for the, she'll be, I'll be a... There'll be a lot of lot of listeners want to hear about the Michael Jordan stories in those camps, uh, but you know, the, I, I was really interested to hear her talk about the goalkeepers in the tournament, Rick. Mm. Like, how good have the goalkeepers been? Like, even last night, like a couple of those saves, you're like, oh no, that's gone in, and they've just put themselves in the right spot. That one where the girl hit it to the right hand corner. Mm. And the goalie went over and tapped it. It sort of got a ricochet, and she just got her hand to it and tapped it over past the post. I was like, whoa, that was such a good save. Um, and she's right, Jenny. She's right. The, the goalkeepers in this tournament have really stepped up. You know, there's been too many times I've watched women's soccer, and the goalkeepers are picking the uh, ball up from behind the, uh, the, the, in the back of the net. But there's some stops in this one. Even the, even the save last night, the penalty save. That was like 
She read that one right. She got that right, didn't she? Yeah, she did. And that's the thing. I mean, you know, the player you're talking about was uh, Mary Earps, who was the English goalkeeper. But uh, I think, you know, she's been one of the standards. Musevich, the Swedish goalkeeper, was just pretty much a wall for most of this tournament. Just, yeah. you know, pulled off some amazing saves. So, yeah, like you say, fantastic uh, to see that transition and uh, that development happen as well through this tournament.